Hello and welcome to another episode of Sejanan, hosted by James, Stuart and me, Steve. We're just three guys raising awareness around men's mental health. There are no professionals here, it is just us three sharing our own opinions. Each episode, we'll explore different topics and challenges men face when it comes to handling their mental health. Our goal is to get people talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan. I am joined, as always, by my trusty companions, James and Steve. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Not too bad, thanks. Yourselves? Really good. No complaints. How are you, James? I was just thinking about the word companion and what that means. I didn't realise we'd progressed to that stage in our relationship. <laughs> we're way past companion. Come on. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know we were in a relationship. Oh, no. It's a Doctor Who type affair. (laughs) (laughs) Which one's canine? (laughs) Well, I know which one of you's had a couple of dogs. (laughs) I'll leave him out of this. It's not his fault. Come on. Can't pick on him today. I was talking about Alsatians. God, what what were you thinking of? (laughs) Exactly that. And they were bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. What have you been doing with yourself, Steve? Do you know what? I really wish that I could give you a really interesting answer to that question. Um, <laughs> I, really, I really haven't been uh, doing anything. <clears throat> um, I've been trying to save money, obviously, because Christmas and New Year, uh, you know, kind of is never a good time when it comes to money. Um, and I'm also kind of um, not drinking at the moment, so avoiding the pub. So basically, that means I've not done a lot. And my other half slipped a disc in his back on new year's eve not doing what you think he was doing um so a lot of it has been doing virtually nothing so um the, the fact you had to you had to emphasize not doing what you thought he was doing would, would lead me to believe you were doing right <laughs> mate it's i know my audience i know who i'm talking to and i know that one of you two are gonna make it dirty you're gonna be all like oh yeah he's pulled something in his back oh and i feel like no not like that so i thought well get in there first before one of you two do oh how little you think of us Stephen? I, I didn't realize i was uh, Lee Francis as uh, Mel B from Bo Selector. <laughs> <laughs> that's how everyone hears us, James. Ooh, you dirty f- bastard, you. <laughs> 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 so that, no, I haven't been up to much, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, what about you? what about the pair of you? Have you guys been up to much other than work? Well, hang on. Before we move on, how's the uh, how's the no drinking going? Yeah, it's going well actually. I. Um, I don't even, I was saying this to my Vraf the other day, like, I don't even, I don't even want it. Do you know what I mean? I've not even got any kind of, because normally I'm like. And the drinking? <laughs> but like, I've, I've not even thought at the weekend, oh, you know, I'll go to the pub or whatever. And no, it's just not even, I, I'm much, I'm much happier just like not going to the pub. Uh, obviously, when I do the Cards Against Humanity night, I obviously have to go into the pub, but I'm not going to be drinking then either. Um, but no, it's, yeah, it's good. I'm, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird how different you feel when you, I mean, it's only what, 11 day, well, no, probably less. Yeah. 11 days since I've, haven't had a drink, which doesn't sound like a long time, but like, you don't realize just how different you feel after 11 days of not having a drink. Mm. What's reality like now you're sober? <laughs> oh God, it's fucking awful. <laughs> just like, <laughs> He looked in the mirror. Who's this it's bastard? It's, it's like, do you, do you remember the aeroplane films where that guy would be like, looks like I took, like, uh, I chose the wrong week to stop drinking, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like that. It's like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, no, it's, it's going all right. Thank you. Good. Good stuff. What about you, Stu? What have you been doing? You got any good stories for us? Not really, other than I bought a, a VR headset, which has consumed my life. Is this looking at porn via VR? No. Nope. Nope. Bullshit! <clears throat> As you say, he said no really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's to play Beat Saber, but that sounds like it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you beat your Meat Saber on those uh, on that VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, it's, um, it's an incredible bit of kit. I was you're quite impressed with some of the stuff you can do on it. I said, James, I played a tennis game uh, the other day, and um, I just it was so accurate to real life playing tennis. It was great. The only downside is you can't move around so much. <laughs> I'm going to end up in the television or 
something like that. But, so is this on um, the PlayStation or is this via like like a, a PC thing? It's a yeah, it's the MetaQuest Three, so it's the standalone one. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You can play pretty, Xbox um, stuff on that, can't you? You can get like the can. Xbox. Yeah, see. Mm. Oh, sounds good. What will be up your street with it, Steve? Is there's a um, there's a, a zombie game on it, but it maps your environment you're in using the cameras on the front, so um, it would map your 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 living room, and then it gives you a VR version of your living room, and like the zombies will burst through your actual door, and you know things like that. You can hide behind your furniture and stuff. It's really really cool. Yeah, I have seen a video of that. It looks awesome. But that's it. That's like the excitement that I've got. What about you, James? What's your life consisted of in the last couple of weeks? Um, so I've I've been predominantly sticking off the alcohol. Um, I'm not doing a complete dry January because I do like it a little bit wet every now and again. But um, dramatically reduced. So I think in the last 11 days, I've had a total of probably one and a half pints of beer, which is, is good for me. You know, How do you feel about it? I'm all right because I, I quite enjoy the, the zero alcohol stuff. Um, yeah. So, you know, zero alcohol Heineken for me is just as good as the real deal. It's just I've had a couple of evenings where we've had, I've had a curry and I, I quite enjoy a Cobra when I have a curry. So, uh, yeah, yeah, well, good. I think the highlight probably over the last couple of weeks, and I'm surprised Stu didn't mention it, is we did a... Because uh, you were going to? Yeah, yeah, all right. Okay. We did another one of our big walks. Mm-hmm. So we set off um, at about, oh, I think it was about seven o'clock, wasn't it, Stu? Um, uh, half six, quarter seven. Yeah, yeah. quarter yeah. seven from Dimchurch. Oh, um, and we walked. Uh, the The original intention was to walk all the way to Folkestone and turn around and come back again. Um, we didn't quite get that far because, frankly, it got to like one degree and uh, we were freezing. So uh, we we ended up doing twenty miles in total, but we did sixteen effectively out on the walk and then uh, finished off each other in the uh, in the gym afterwards for, for a little bit longer <laughs> i mean i was gonna i mean i'm not even gonna ask about that um but did you end this day with all your toenails Stu? i did yeah actually i was in a good place i was in a really good place well that's good that's a lot of bloody miles yeah, yeah, it's, it's an easy one 20, mm. 20 miles is nothing that's that's the bit that was the point when I was walking in the summer, when I ended up with exploding toes, it was around about the 23, 24 mile mark after we'd got from sort of Folkestone down to um, Dungeness. So on that first 20 miles, yeah, that first 20 miles is a doddle. Never a problem. It's, the, it's from then onwards when it's like, I'm going to fuck your feet up and it's going to happen in the last few minutes and you're not going to be able to go anywhere. So this was nice and easy. God. So is it, I assume you're just walking along the coat, like the actual beach bit, are you? Like yeah, coast? just on the seawall, basically. Oh, blimey. That's quite that's quite um that's quite good that you can walk the whole thing without any cuz like you can't really do that here in like East Anglia, well, I'm sure you can, but like the places where we are, you can't really do that because it only goes so far and then it kind of stops and then it'll start again like further along, so you can't really do it unfortunately. But that's good that you can kind of go all the way um on the seafront. But like you say, that must have been fucking freezing with that sea wind and, and all that shit. It was freezing and it was very, very dark because there is just no no lighting. So, you know, we had we had body torches effectively we were wearing because there's no, you know, there's no street lights or anything. It's just pitch black. And it was quite cloudy, wasn't it, when we set off, Stu? So it wasn't even like you had the moonlight to, to, to light your way, you know? But it was, it wasn't, when you got walking, it really wasn't that cold. I know that sounds silly, but it wasn't, was it? It was really quite pleasant because you weren't you weren't going through that process of freezing your nuts off because your body was just absolutely going. You need to stay warm, um, <clears throat> but it's good. It was really good. Now, did you wear your new pants, Stu, that kept your balls separate? I did not. Oh, now you see, that's that's a that's a schoolboy error. That is that would have been your perfect opportunity to kind of keep them at a good temperature. I agree. I absolutely agree. Sad time. Sad time for us all. <laughs> so, well, anyway, that's nice. That's good that you, um, you know, you guys are kind of doing that. Because I know you, you, like in the last, uh, like the New Year's one, you was you guys were saying you wanted to do a little bit more on your know, walk inside this year as well. So that's good that you started. We've got a bit of healthy competition going at the moment. So our, 
our day job for work they're running a, a resolution walk so it's it's basically our company against uh one of our customers to do right. effectively a thousand miles in a month as a team oh, bloody hell um and, and we're getting slaughtered at the moment and we do i mean because there's about 25 people on their team and we've got eight <laughs> i mean that's slightly, like um, that's slightly unfair <laughs> <laughs> we've done about 80 odd miles this week i think james between the group yeah and i think like 50 of that's me and you yeah pretty much pretty much because we had a we had an epic day in london yesterday um doing a lot of walking and, and i'd just like to call out right other chicken shops are available but have you ever tried slim chickens no oh my god it's just like orgasm on a plate is it all on the bone though no 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 oh no, it was uh, we had four chicken tenders, uh, chips and uh, dips, and it comes with a, like a ga- slice of garlic bread as well. But the chicken is so moist; it is literally dripping all over your fingers. Oh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I feel about that, but uh... <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there you go. Other 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 chicken places are available, but if you do get the opportunity to go to Slim Chickens, James. Um, basically, want you to go there and try their their moist meat. Highly recommend. They're they're very very moist, very moist. We were sat there. We were sat there, and I, I cannot account the amount of times James going, but it's so moist. It's <laughs> <laughs> so moist. It was so wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was a really good impression of James, by the way. I'm just gonna <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> so um, so moving swiftly on, what is today's episode about, James or Stu? I'll I'll take it. <laughs> and talk about the episode. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Um, today's episode, we're going to have a chat about um, debt. Now, we, we were doing a bit of brainstorming a, a week or so ago and thinking about, you know, what episodes we could come up with. We've spoken about debt a couple of times on different episodes as a passing comment, but we've never kind of focused on it as a as a subject. And I think, you know, as Steve, both you and I have spoken about, uh, you know, challenges we've had yeah she thought it'd be a really good episode to to have a bit of a chat about and talk about some of the the aspects of of money and mental health and Mm -hmm. uh and the impact it has oh god it's uh awful is is basic is is how it is Mm. like debt is just is is probably i think one of the worst things um you know you can have obviously outside of illness and stuff because it literally is just debilitating it just destroys your ability to do anything being in debt um have i've so you and i have been in debt have you ever been in debt or are you in debt uh Stu? I forgot my name there did you the wee one over there uh, um the other person on this podcast the other who's bloke, that? what's his fucking name yeah, talk, yeah. talk about come in and take over you know <laughs> I know right yeah <laughs> i'll see you later I'll send you all the passwords. See you later. <laughs> because I'm looking at because I'm looking at your name and uh it doesn't come up with uh, your name, you see. That's why I that's why I, Neither does mine. <laughs> yeah, but I've known you for I've known you for nearly forty years. Yes. <laughs> the dementia hasn't kicked in just yet. <laughs> just yet. It's on its way. Um, yeah. in answer to your question, yes, absolutely. I was a huge spendthrift when I was younger. Um absolutely terrible. Um, you know, newest car most up-to-date, most expensive telephone, never clothes, wasn't too bothered about designer stuff like that, but it was gadgety stuff. And I'd have the newest computer, newest laptop. I'd just spend, spend, spend. I didn't really care. It was like, well, I'm young. Who gives a shit? I'll spend. And it just, it became like a, you know, like a hobby. (laughs) So much. I mean, I must've had in the space of three years, like seven cars where I just flicked through different cars and done, you know, wheelie dealy deals trying to get the best thing I probably could. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So were they were they all like on on finance were they or did you actually like buy them? Uh, some and some. So a few of them were on, were on finance. A couple of them were un or impractical cars. I bought when I was eighteen, nineteen years old. I had a three liter turbo injected, um, you know, Vauxhall Cavalier Caliber, and it was you sit there and go. I'm 18. My insurance is going to be through the roof. Not only is my insurance going to go through the roof, the fuel is going to be expensive. And not only that, it's going to just be an absolute nightmare to to keep on the road when you're 18. And true to, to its story, within seven days, it smashed the fucker up. So, oh, bloody yeah, hell. Yeah. <clears throat> it gets exp- There's a big story behind that. I won't go into it, but it wasn't my fault. But it's um it's expensive, right? That sort of thing becomes expensive. So I was just hemorrhaging cash. 
and it was all because of a habit, you know. Was yours unmanageable, or, or were you managing it? No, it was unmanageable. Um, yeah, I mean, it, well, it was tipping upon unmanageable. So I managed to, I managed to climb back into the right sort of place I needed to be, without going into maybe debt management recovery or any of the, you know, the IVRs or IVAs, IVA. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but it, there's a lot of stressful moments, a lot of stressful moments. But because you were saying you were 18, I presumably, were you still living at home when all this was happening? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's past that as well. I mean, 18 was just the start of it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's I mean, still the... got to have the newest car and the latest tech and the... It's <laughs> <laughs> still going on now. Yeah. Well, I suppose when you're living at home and you're in debt, I guess it's easy. I suppose in some ways it would be like... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it, you'd probably have that mentality where you're like, well, I'm living at home, so if I can't afford it, it's not like I'm going to, I'm not going to be, have somewhere to live, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not having to worry too much about it. I suppose it's when you're having to move out and be on your own and be independent that it becomes more of an issue. Do you know my biggest stress, actually, Steve, more than anything, it's got nothing to do with, um, well, it was to do with not paying back the money, but the biggest stress more than anything was the fact that I lived at home with my mum. Mm. And I was racking up debt, which wasn't getting paid. So yep. I was getting letters. You know, you haven't paid this, you need that. You get the payday loans, all that sort of stuff. The the real bad stuff back then that really pushed pushed you over the edge. Yeah. But there were letters for bailiffs to want to come to my parents' house. Oh, bloody and hell. That, that was the stress part of it was, you know, and I didn't talk to her about it. You know, I didn't mention it. I was like, oh, it'd be fine. Like, you know, it'd be not be a problem. And I managed to re- managed to get around it, and I managed to fix it, and it managed to not be a problem because bullshit my way out of it. But, but that was what I was doing. What I was doing was putting other people at risk because of it, mm. and that that was the biggest problem for me was creating that risk for somebody else by spending that money, and it could have affected my my mum. So, yeah, it's uh, not always a great thing. Yeah, so that's I think that's the thing like you've just you've hit upon there about not telling anybody. Like when mm. I when I was cuz I got like credit card when I was <clears throat> god what 17 18 the old capital one credit card where you oh, yeah. you got like a two like, I think it was like a 200 pound limit. Of course like back in 1999 2000 200 pounds when you've you know you you're in the big wide world now and you're like 200 quid. Yes, yeah, it's great. Um <laughs> And then you kind of can't pay it and you're like, fuck, um, because you have no actual life skills at like 16. <laughs> and you're like, mm. and it kind of from then on, I, I managed to kind of clear it. Um, but obviously I was trying not to kind of have my mum find out because she had kicked my ass. Uh, so I managed to kind of clear it off. But then I got rid of it. And it wasn't until like when I was living in Cheltenham, which was like what, 10 years ago now, longer than that. Um, I got credit cards and I was in a relationship with somebody who liked to kind of go out to like um, like Comic-Cons and go away at weekends and pay for hotels. And, and of course, he was he was earning the same amount of money uh, like he had after tax. Um, I was earning that before tax. So I was like learning a lot less than him. And I used to always say to him, look, I can't afford all these things. Like these hotels, it's like 150 quid each, uh, you know, and plus the, the money you're doing this. And so what ended up happening is I'd get a credit card and then I'd put it on the credit card and then I would pay it off. But then what ended up happening is then you'd go there and you'd see something you like and you're like, oh, well, if I buy it now, I don't have to worry about it till next month. So I can put that there. And then you, you kind of justify it to yourself as to why you can buy it. And you're like, oh, no, that'll be fine. Or you'll do it and you go, well, okay, well, if I buy this, then I've got like installments of that. That's not bad. And then before you know it, you've racked up a bill and you're like, shit. And I kind of got to the point where it was like I had a £7,000 limit on one of my cards. Um, and I literally maxed it out. But I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell him. So, of course, my monthly, um, you know, the payment, the minimum payment was quite high. Uh, and I didn't tell him. And I didn't like talking about money because, again, growing up in our family, you just didn't talk about money. That was just one of them things that you just I'd never heard my mum talk about. Um, and it was always kind of, you know, you, you don't really go out chatting about money. So in my head, I kept it to myself. And then I kind of got a, a loan to clear the seven grand because again i justified it by looking at it going well 
I pay it over three years. I've only got to pay 30 quid a month. That's not bad. So you do it. You get the loan. You clear the credit card. And I was like, great, done. 30 quid a month. Get rid of the credit card. But then these things kept happening and kept happening. And then I kept putting money on it and money on it. Plus I had that plus the, the, um, you know, the, the loan. And in the end we split up and I had to go and find somewhere to live. Um, and I couldn't afford to move to where I am now, like in, in Norfolk because I couldn't afford it because I was just in debt. And my minimum payment was like 250 quid a month. Um, so it got to that point where I was just like, every month I was deciding whether or not I would have milk or bread. I literally couldn't afford to have both. Um, after I'd spent all my money on my bills and it was just horrible. Like it was the worst time of my life being that far in debt. It certainly has an impact, doesn't it? I think by the way you're talking about it there in terms of the impact it has on your, you as a person, when you look back at what you've done and gone, do you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't afford stuff, <laughs> you know, like the basic of stuff, not like the, I can't afford to buy a new car or a new phone. It's the, I can't afford to buy bread. You know, I can't, you know, and and you sit there and go, I got a credit card and I literally justified to myself why I could have that with no thought about what that risk could be sort of six months down the line. And when you're not earning a lot of money, like you're earning 250 quid and then you're spending it pretty much automatically straight on your, your card and you think, wow. And the, the spending limits were so, so vast on credit cards years ago when you could do pretty much do what you wanted well that was the thing is it was like i was paying like the when i was living because i ended up having to get a shared property where i was paying mm -hmm. one amount every month um and but i was paying this money on my credit card and like what ended up happening is i would end up using the i'd pay the 250 quid off the credit card and then i'd end up using the credit card to buy stuff because i just couldn't afford to not buy stuff yeah, and then I was just basically the it was a vicious cycle every single month, um, and I was just like I don't know, and I didn't want to ask anybody, and I certainly didn't want to ring my mum and go, yeah, mum, so um, <laughs> crazy thing, I'm like fifteen grand in debt, um, all because of me. Um, was wondering if you could give me some money, and I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, it literally, it just literally made me fucking miserable it was so bad does she know about it now no <laughs> and she will listen to the podcast so she won't uh she won't find out about it <laughs> fair enough james is texting her <laughs> yeah. did you know <laughs> jesus the picture she's responded with <laughs> i don't want to know <laughs> oh parents eh? <laughs> So how did you? So you were you you bad in debt as well, weren't you, James? I seem to remember you saying on and off. I mean, I, my I've uh, so I I guess probably a bit like you, Steve. I remember going to the bank when I was eighteen and uh, meeting the bank manager there as 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 you did back in those days, and him going, "Oh, my advice is you've turned eighteen, you need to get a credit card because that will help improve your credit score." Right. So we'll we'll offer you a credit card, and I you know it was. Uh, one of the high street banks and they gave me this credit card with a couple of grand limit on it. And, uh, I ran that up pretty quickly. You know, I was working in the, in retail in a technology shop, which, you know, like a, for me, it's like, you know, it was just like a, a wet dream come true. Really all this technology at my fingertips that I could, uh, I could buy. Um, and yeah, so rinsed that up quite quickly. I got that. I had another credit card that I rinsed completely. Um, the minimum payments were quite large at the end of each month. So then when, oh, do you know what the right thing to do? But like yourself, we'll get a loan, consolidate all of that. So did that. Um, made the mistake of uh, not using the loan to pay off the credit cards. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, that, that loan money ended up getting spanked on other stuff. So I was then had a loan and two credit cards to pay. Um then kind of got a grip of it. So took a, another loan out and paid it all off. And then over a period of time, got that cleared down. Um, and then I was all right for a bit until kind of moved into my own place. Um, then kind of started spiraling again. So, you know, I think ultimately just over time spending more than you're earning, you know, 
and it built up and up and up to a point where it was unmanageable and that's where I ended up getting step change involved or or at the time they were called the uh, consumer credit counseling service and that was because so, so the reason they got involved interestingly I had a phone call from a company that at the time these IVAs had just come out right and it, it was a bit of a it was being touted as a a way to just write off all of your debt. Mm-hmm. So I remember this company ringing me and effectively selling me on the idea of uh, taking out an IVA. So for anybody who doesn't know an IVA, individual voluntary arrangement, it's basically a, a reduced repayment plan over a five-year period. And at the end of that five-year period, whatever is left of your debts just automatically gets written off. So you can see the, you know, the perk of doing it. And, you know, at the time, this company was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you what you need to do is you need to make three monthly payments to us of this amount of money. Don't pay any of your creditors. Just pay us these three amounts of money. Um, and that will have, well, have it all set up and it'll all be sorted. So, you know, paid them the money, stopped paying the various creditors that I owed money to. Um and they effectively were scamming me. They weren't take. They weren't using that money to pay off my creditors. So, um, ended up getting in a situation where I was then getting threatening letters and default notices from these people that I wasn't paying money to, despite me, you know, ringing them and telling them that I was on. I was setting up an IVA with this company, and you know, this was the repayment plan, and blah blah blah. So, because it all transpired, ended up being absolute BS, right? You know, so step change as they are now they they really helped so they basically took over the case for me they created a uh, a debt management plan a dmp they actually wrote to all of my creditors explained the situation they um on my behalf they worked out a budget with myself on what was affordable each month um and they then i then at the time i mean i'm going back i don't know over over 20 years ago right they they then took money from me each month when I got paid for via direct debit, they would then distribute that between my my creditors that I owed money to. And then there would be an annual review of that based on where I currently was. My, you know, so we'd redo the budget every year effectively and then the uh the repayments would go up or down depending on uh, my situation. And over a period of time, I mean and I mean it probably took uh best part of seven, eight years, it all got repaid and all cleared off. Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing that they did with me. So I kind of reached out to them because I, I knew someone, I, I worked with somebody and um, she was basically saying that you need to get this sorted. You can't, you can't live like this. And she couldn't put me through. It was step change when I, when I went into it. Um, and yeah, like you, they kind of like, they basically asked me to kind of tell them what, um what my outgoings were that kind of thing and they were like okay so how much do you spend on this how much do you spend on that and then what they do is they take all that and then they see how much money you've got left over at the end after you've factored all that in and they go right well i think you can uh based on that uh we think this is how much based on your whatever that's how much you pay <clears throat> and then like you say they kind of uh they kind of contact everyone tell them to kind of stop any interest and and stuff like that and then um they said you know don't it's just a, don't worry if they contact you it's fine um you know they have to but you're not gonna nothing's gonna happen you'll be all right and it took me three and a half years to completely clear mine mm-hmm. um and the weirdest thing is though is it's like now that i'm not in debt so i'm i've now not been in debt for about five years maybe six years it has now allowed me to now before I would just spend money on things. Whereas now I really it's so weird. It's like I really think and justify about spending money. So like um if something if I'm looking at something on say Amazon, uh and it's one of them things if I can't afford it, I don't have it. So I don't have any credit cards now. Mm. Uh, and it's that kind of like I'm looking at something and I'm like, oh, it's like twenty-five quid can I justify 25 quid? And then I know, and then I don't end up buying it because I realize then that that 25 quid will mean I have even less money uh, at the end of the month. And it only sounds like 25 quid, but when you get into that mindset of budgeting everything for so long, you it's really hard to get out of. But in a way, is a good thing because it means then I know I'm not going to get myself back in debt. Yeah. Um, but that was probably the best. I mean, the person that gave me that advice is... Um, 
fucking awful person. But <laughs> the, the, the thing that they did, that was the best thing. That was the best advice I think I've ever had. So if I can get, give one thing to them, other than their twisted, horrible, dark soul, um, that information was was invaluable. Because mm. if I hadn't done that, I don't know where I would have been now. Because um, I probably would have still been in Cheltenham, living in a in a you know shared house in a place that I didn't want to live with no money. It's and it seems like a step change from what I've heard and from what you guys have said. It seems to be the, the kind of go to place that really does give the best advice. But I'm sure there are other places that do give advice. But in terms of that impartial, very clear, very calm, very understanding, empathetic support, that's kind of seems to be the a really good option to, for people to take even if it is can be even if it can be a bit harsh i mean it's still you know the, the outcome is what you want well the thing is what really kind of like, like i kind of looked at is a lot of places when i was looking through kind of debt management places a lot of them charged you so you'd be like oh you know that's how much it is and you know we'll whatever you know we'll increase your overall debt by this amount because that will be our admin fee but they didn't do that like I literally paid them nothing. They got, I think they got them. They must get their money through the creditors or whomever it is that you're contacting. I assume, um, but it was really good. And the and the amount of contact that you could have, like they would send you statements. They'd show you know you you'd have had any queries, you could contact them. But the important thing is, and I think um, James, you you touched on this uh, an episode or two ago about when we mentioned step change, is that it isn't a magic wand. You need to put the work in. You know, you've got a You've got to you've got to want to do it, uh, and it is difficult. It's not it's not like you say you kind of go in and go okay cool, um, we'll wipe all your debt off. No, it's not that at all. It's like you paying it off. Um, it will be difficult for a few years, but ultimately, like it's so good. Uh, but it isn't a magic wand. You know, there is it's a controlled, isn't it? That's the it difference. Is. It's yeah, someone's kind of guiding, holding your hand and guiding you through it and saying. You know all the tough bits that that are, you know the the direction to go in the letters, the conversations, all that sort of this. You know we can help you handle that. You've still got to put the the graft in, but but we'll guide you. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realise is out there sometimes. And this is the thing, right? So, and the big we talk about it a lot when we're talking about mental health, and we say that people just generally don't tend to talk about stuff. But it's embarrassing. A lot of people see it as embarrassing if you've got debt problems when you've got no money and you can't afford stuff is you don't want to talk about it because you don't want your friends or your family to know because you, you feel like it, you know for me it's a bit of a failure you know what i mean i don't want to talk to you. it's embarrassing I'm, yeah i'm genuinely very much embarrassed for myself and that doesn't help because then it spirals even further and this is this is kind of where it links into the mental health sort of effects that it has on people and you know the kind of anxieties or stresses that it brings to people because of that because you're not just going, oh, my God, I can't pay my debt. You're also going, oh, my God, I've got no one to talk to. <laughs> and then that just makes it even worse at that point anyway. And then so it's building that, like what you both have done there, it's building that ability to go, do you know what? I'm going to ring someone. I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to get it sorted. And that's probably the hardest bit. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah, acknowledging that you've got the problem in the first place or, or, or reaching out. Um because like you say, when you talk to people about, I mean, I used, I don't know how, whether, how you guys had, but I had mentioned before to people about it and people would kind of almost look down your nose at you and they'd be like, well, just don't spend money. And it's like, well, it's too fucking yeah. late now, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I've already done it. <laughs> Thanks for your advice. Well done. Really Where were you 20 money? years ago? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. If I'd only thought about that at a time, dickhead. Um, so, you know, it, it, but it is difficult. And I think, um, and yeah again like you say thankfully it was just me like i i did i wasn't responsible for anybody and 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 my my debt didn't affect anyone but myself um and maybe like my social life but you know if if i was if i was that much in debt or in debt um like some people are to kind of like you know feed their family and that because they don't have the money that must be even worse when it comes to mental health. Like that must be the worst feeling in the world, not being able to family, um, you know, it's different when you're on your own. Yeah. When people talk about, you know, I needed to go to a food bank or, you know, I had to get clothes from, 
you know, a, a charity shop and that's all I can afford to get my kids or I had to get hand-me-downs or I pulled something out of a out of a bin. And you hear those stories, people talk about those stories and, and, and or you look at people that are homeless and on the streets and stuff and, and you just think to yourself, you, you go, a lot of people will go past you, how did you get into that state? You know, how does it get that bad? But when you've had financial difficulties and you watch how it spirals, actually it's very easy to get into that state. And a lot of it is not because you're spending money stupidly it's because you're not talking to someone you didn't prevent it getting to that stage you let it spiral further out of control until it's you cannot turn back and i think that that's a real that's a real tough point to get past because people don't talk i i also don't think it's just that so i mean we can you know we can we can touch on some of the 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 drivers on the mental health side right but the other thing to consider for a lot of people and I'm really feeling this at the moment is the overall cost of living, right? So you know my my combined gas and electric bill each month has gone from like 149 quid a month to 380 pound a month. Oh, right? Fucking hell! Exactly. My my mortgage payment, right? Because my fixed ends in June this year is likely to go up anywhere between three or four hundred pound a month. On top based, of what you pay now? Yeah, based on today's rates. Yeah. Fuck me. Right, so, you know, so, you know within an 18-month period, I'm potentially looking at having to try and find... What's that? So my... my Yeah, yeah, so my, my gas and electric has gone up by 200 quid a month, and then my mortgage is going to go up by three to £400 a month. See, that's fucking mental. But then I'm saying this to you now, sitting in a in a house where none of my lights are on apart from the one in the room that I'm in right now, yeah. um, because of that exact reason. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, I mean, for you, you've got a family, so you have to have all your lights on. Presumably, you've got your heating on and stuff like that. And yeah. and, and it goes up again, doesn't it? In like now, um, but again, that's that's the other thing. Like, it makes being in debt makes you more aware of your money. It makes you more aware of what you're spending and you know what's going to happen so like for me like now i literally i honestly i'm not i'm not even exaggerating i i have got like this little usb light that i use for filming right which has all different intensities and different colors and stuff i charge that and then when it gets dark i turn that on and walk around to go to the loo or whatever i don't put any of my lights on unless i'm watching tv and then i'll have the telly on but even then i won't have a light on um the only time i'll put the, the light on in the is if i'm having a shower um or if i'm cooking then it all goes out because it's just so expensive to to do mm. all that I, I put my heating on the other day for two hours because i had two people come around then it goes straight off before then it was chris before christmas when it went on and i hope you charge that light up in your office rather than at home. <laughs> Do you know I hadn't thought of that? <laughs> Fuck. Fucking hell, man. Come on. Jesus. Um, but but the but point yeah, was, I mean... right, you know, how quickly someone's life can change. You talk about people that go to food banks and things. I mean, literally, like, all it takes is that dramatic turn in the gas and electricity prices. Somebody's mortgage exactly. going up so much and suddenly they can't afford to put food on the table anymore. And that's the scary thing that we're mm. in 2024 now when you've got people who are working full time They've got kids and they still struggle to pay for their shit. And it's hardly surprising that people get in debt, is it? No, no, exactly that. I mean, my, my, I mean, he won't be telling this because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Let's just call him my brother because he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but essentially, he's he's in a similar situation. So they've just had a new kid, a new kid that just delivered the other day. They've just had another child. Um, recently so i think she's probably six seven months old now um as well as just moving house as well and they've got a bit of a weird mortgage situation but essentially their mortgage is going to go up by 520 quid just overnight boom just like that that's your mortgage tough shit and at this point yeah his wife wanted to stay at home because she's got her own business she's started the money was coming it was perfect she now has to go back to work now because she's going back to work she's going to have to put a kid into childcare now most kids, most people with that, but the kids in childcare would pay for it. So therefore, automatically, that's where that spiral changes. So you go, well, I've gone back to work. I've gone back to work literally just to keep my house. 
you know what I mean? Like, you've got it. It's not for extra luxury, not for anything else, but literally just to physically go, I need to work for these extra hours to spend no time with my newborn just to keep my house. That's the effect. But the effect now is that actually they're not paying for that because that wouldn't make any difference because it still wouldn't be enough. They're gonna, they got to ask my mum, who's nearly in her 70s, to look after the newborn or pick up the, kid, the other two boys from school. So the effect is there. These the This inability to be able to keep a handle on the spiralling cost of living and the way that life is changing at the moment. Because none of us, you know, the, the gas going up by, gas electricity going up by £200 a month, that's not because we spend over the top. That's not mine and your fault. This is the this is the economy. This is the, the the mortgage prices going up. That's not mine and your fault. That's the so my brother, you, James, everyone. People are starting to have to pay out between five and seven hundred pound more a month because of somebody else's fuck up, and that's the frustration because you're being driven into poverty by things that are out of your control. And at that point, and they'll go, "Well, that's a very victim mentality." Well, it's not, and it is, but you're not to know in your lifetime when you try and build your family. That one day it's going to get that bad <laughs> you just don't know but you see this is the thing this is what i think like um what frustrates me when you get like older older generation you, you know the kind that bought their house for like 500 quid do you know what i mean and they're the ones they're the ones that turn around and go well you know if you want if you want a house you just don't have any netflix and don't go out to a to the cinema and blah 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 and you're like fuck off mate it is not that it is not that at all it's the fact that whereas before you only needed to have a certain percentage of your of your you know earning uh in order to get like a, a um a mortgage now it's ridiculously high that people just can't afford it uh especially if you live on your own and i think you know it's it's made worse i think by the fact that there just doesn't seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel in this situation because without getting political, the entire country is run by a load of fuck pigs. The, a lot of them are just ridiculous. They're people who have got so much money and, you know, they get to they 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 get to have everything paid back on fucking expenses. So for them to turn around and say, oh, we realise how, how difficult it is, you're like, mate, you've got no fucking clue because you've got two houses, one of which is probably being paid for by everybody else. So it's, it's really... It, they are in no position to want to get it to a position where people can actually afford to live. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't give a shit. And yeah, then, yeah, and, and it, that, yeah, that's exactly it. It's and it's the the. I mean, we can go into conversation about politics here, so I won't go too far. But the thing that gets me is the conversations that really wind me up that got me recently is the the absolute slamming that the Conservatives and the Tory Party get at the moment for doing all this shit that's wrong. Like everybody out there that's going, oh bloody Tory Britain, you're a Tory. People don't realise that it doesn't matter who you put in charge. It doesn't matter which one you put in charge. Someone is going to fuck it up, right? And not only that, even that new government that's going to get in, they're going to have two houses just the same and an expense system. I don't think it's going to change just because you change your colour that goes in there. The fundamental change, the fundamental change has to come overall. And it's just I just I just get very frustrated when people blame parties because you know what will happen four years time they'll be blaming the party that's in now and then four years time they'll blame the next one just shut the fuck up people what you need to do <laughs> I mean, is just is reform don't have any of them get a whole lot of new in because like you've said doesn't matter who's in I mean personally I don't want them I don't want the fucking conservatives in because I'm just not a fan of them but like you said doesn't matter who goes in they're all going to be they all tell you what you want to hear until they get in power. But the problem is with that is that that causes them people to, you know, because they are people are desperate now, you know, and you you are getting more and more people kind of trying to find ways um, of of getting more money, and some a lot of it is on credit. Um, and I saw it, and I saw a new thing that's come out now. You see these people that sell money, like sell things on fucking eBay and shit like that. They're going to have to declare all that to the um, HMRC which is going to stop people from doing that because they're like, well, I'm not making that much money. Do you know what I mean? I'm, why do I have to spend, you know, pay tax on this? It's just a side hustle. It's small. And it's... It, you know, I sold my dresses. Oh, well, you can pay for that. But I bought them and paid tax on them. Yeah, but you sold a load of dresses. Yeah, but now I've got to pay tax on the tax that I've just paid. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fucking ridiculous. And it's, it is really bad. And it, and it's, you know, it's it's a terrible time for for, you know, people and money and just, you know, just being able to survive i mean i wouldn't go to a food bank because i don't think i'm that bad but like you know you think uh, there's one literally around the corner from me 
um and on a saturday they're open and they give out free bread and stuff like that and and the queue is huge like every saturday like when i walk to my other half so i have to walk past it and the queue is massive well you talk deprivation on the, on the same thing my my daughter's primary school has set up their own food bank for the parents that's bad isn't it that's bad i'm i despair for the i mean you think our our how bad it is for us now i feel sorry for like when your kids are our yeah. age what the fuck that's what the <laughs> that's gonna be like i mean jesus do you remember back in the day yeah. when, we, yeah. when electric you'd have like a little bag of 50 peas and if your electric went you put a 50p in the meter and you'd get what a couple of days on a 50p in the meter yeah. god i can't do that yeah, now <laughs> yeah i mean 50p that's probably what a light for about 50 seconds uh, well i kid you not right so when when i got my first flat with uh with my other half which uh i know you spent quite a lot of time at steve <laughs> um it basically <laughs> moved in you know it's been... <laughs> um we used to top up out we had a key card meter it was electric mm. only we didn't have gas there but we used to put 30 <laughs> quid on that and that would last you a month yeah don't now don't even last a day now no see my friend my friend's just moved into a new place and they've got a uh electric meter and he basically didn't want it so he said look no i don't want that i want a proper meter um and essentially the amount of faff that he's had to do to kind of get that sorted because it's i think isn't it something like 15 20 percent higher cost wise on a prepaid meter than if you were on a a normal one and like he's like you've just said you know 20 quid it lasts you maybe three four days if that um and he's like you know the amount of money you're just plowing into it is just crazy but then they're all but then and that's the weirdest thing i don't understand is these prepaid meters presumably are for people who are on a lower income yeah yeah absolutely and yet they're the ones getting screwed Mm. but isn't it? It's the risk of not paying it. That's why they charge you more. That's true. It's, um, it's bad, isn't it? It's it's sad that the that like you know you think all these, all these things that people kind of have to go through. And the worst thing about debt, and I, you know, just to talk about some of the the kind of key stats and stuff before we we wrap it up, because I'm, I'm mindful we're kind of at nearly fifty minutes. Fucking hell, the fans on my laptop are going mad. That's all I need. That'll be the next thing to blow up. Um, <laughs> So there's there's a really good article on um, Mind and their website. We'll post it in the show notes. So um, and they talk about, um, you know, when you get depressed, not only does that then you lack the motivation to kind of start managing your finances and take that step, but you can also flip the other way and get yourself more into debt because you want to buy things to make yourself feel better. So, you know, going out and spending that chunk of money on um, uh, an Oculus 3, you know, would uh, it, to make yourself feel better. Thing, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do, absolutely. I didn't do it to make my feel better. It was just awesome. <laughs> but it is, it, is, it is stress buying, isn't it? That's the thing. And everyone, and I think, well, not everyone, but a lot of people suffer from that. A lot of people that I know suffer Agree. from stress. Agree. And the thing is, you know, it's a short, it's short-term again but for long-term pain right because you have that short-term dopamine hit of i've gone and spent that money and i've got this new toy but then you get to bed that evening and you start stressing over it because you've then got to think about paying back that money oh see, um, buyer's remorse i mm, always get that yep always yep um and and also you know certain conditions so like um adhd and things like that people go through episodes of mania or uh, hypermania and that could I, I I was talking to a guy a few months back and that was his thing. So he would, uh, while he was going through the process of being diagnosed, he would have manic episodes and that was his thing. He'd go out and just spend money. You know, the other thing is, you know, looking at people that do have mental health conditions can affect their ability to work. So again, then reduces their income. You know, they end up on potentially then on benefits to because they can't work or, you know, their employer stops paying them because they run out of company sick pay. So that can be a big impact as well situational things as well can trigger people so uh you know feelings of anxiety or panic um like opening envelopes for example you know so we've spoken about that where letters are turning up on the doorstep from debt collectors or your phone's ringing with an unknown number and you don't know who it is um also leads to sleep problems and you know sleep problems lack of sleep can affect your overall health and well-being it touches on around um 
not being able to afford things you need. And I know you mentioned that, Steve, you know, you're in a situation where you can't, you have to choose between bread or milk, you know, and then the, the social element. So not being able to go out and form those, have that social life and form relationships with people because you just can't afford to do things. And I think that's the thing. The problem is when you, if you say to somebody, and I, and I've, I don't know if you guys find this, but if someone goes to you, oh, do you fancy going to the pub or do you fancy coming out? And if you go to someone, nah, mate, I really can't afford it. People are like, what are you talking about? It's just a cup of drinks. You're like, no, it's not though, is it? Because it goes back to what you were saying before. Because when you do finally go out, because you, like, you're like, you looking at that going, well, I haven't had the money, you end up spending more than you should do because you, you want to have that, that time out as long as you can because you know you don't know how long it's going to be before you can go out next. Yep. Absolutely. It creates that cycle, doesn't it, or circle of, of events, essentially. So you, you start your financial troubles or your financial worries, and that causes that stress, James, anxiety, what you were just talking about. You know, it's made worse by maybe going out with essentials, like you said, you know, you can't get bread, can't get milk, or you can't get one or the other. So you've created this financial difficulty, already created a, a real problem for you. That leads to mental health problems to a lot of mm. people. That creates a, men- a mental issue. And then you flip onto those mental health problems, then create it where it makes it harder for you to earn money or manage yep. money or you know, and even asking for help. And at that point then, it goes back around to the financial difficulty point of it, and you start again. And if you get caught in that washing machine of emotions and problems – where where do you get out of it and that's where people struggle and that's all this stuff is caused if you can't get if you just can't get out of that cycle you could just keep going and going and going and going and then it just leads to something worse absolutely so so here's some i guess some food for thought and probably for for our listeners so it's really important to get to know uh your money and your mood patterns because they do impact each other so you might find it useful to take some time and think about how you feel about money and why. And I know, Steve, obviously you've touched on that. Now you're now in a position where, you know, you're you almost resent spending money on stuff. Mm. Mm. So if you struggled with money in the past or you didn't have much money growing up, that may affect how you feel about money now. Um, and there's a few questions you can just try asking yourself. Um, and, you know, you think about it in your head or sit there and write it down. So, and and I'll reel them off and see what you think. So, are there certain times when you're more likely to spend money? And are there certain times you're more likely to save money? Um, How does it feel when you spend money? Do you feel differently when you're spending and saving? Uh, What are the emotions and feelings you think of when you think about money? So, not necessarily the act of money, but actually physical money itself. And which aspects of dealing with money make your mental health worse? So, for example, like I say, it could be attending appointments it could be answering unknown numbers on your phone it could be opening envelopes could be the confrontation could be the way people judge you when they find out about it so you know you might want to just take those six questions and think about how you would answer each one of those jot it down and just you know help to focus the mind on it it's all about prioritizing as well isn't it it is it is definitely which i'm awesome at no comment james (laughs) (laughs) No words. <laughs> well, we'll have to get those questions maybe popped onto Instagram. James, if you uh, ping them over, I'll post together. We'll stick them on there. That'd be quite... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'd be quite good for people, just for a reminder. We'll get the rest of the stuff into the show notes as well. But um, but yeah, I think the recommendation really here is just people need to talk. And it's not that easy because all three of us have been there. So um, yeah, it's, I think we will all appreciate that it's not that simple, but we can also also say that by talking about it has led us to where we are now, which is in better position. So, yeah, that would that would that would be my final thoughts. What about you guys? Uh, mine is probably if you can tell someone you trust about your your debt position, um, and. Again, if you've got that relationship with somebody, talk to them about what your warning signs are. You might be overspending um, and signs that you're struggling with your mental health because, you know, having that angel on your shoulder to keep you on the straight and narrow is a, is an absolute godsend. And there's other things I think you can look at as well. So like, you know, cut your, cut your credit cards up or give them to somebody that you trust. Uh, don't save your card details on any websites and remove them from any Apple or Google Pay that you've got on your phone. Delete any apps where you usually overspend, whether that's eBay, Amazon, TeamU, whatever, you know, get them off your phone so they're harder to access. Again, 
if you get tempted by adverts on social media or you're playing games that have microtransactions, limit how much time you spend on them. You can do it on all platforms. You can go in and limit your screen time on certain applications. Find ways to delay purchasing. So if there's something you really want, think about telling yourself, you know, I'll buy it tomorrow if I still want it then. Or you could like take photographs of what you want or write a list down and then review it in a week's time and see whether you still want them or not. Distract yourself. So, you know, if you've got an urge to go and buy something, go and do something completely different for a while. Just take your mind off it and then come back to it. You may find that you're feeling different about it. Consider telling your bank that you've got mental health issues and they may be able to add, you know, a note to your file or to your record to look out for any unusual spending. So that was a that was an interesting one. I wasn't aware that's something that that really existed, but I think that's quite good. You know, if they start seeing a load of microtransaction on, I don't know, Candy Crush or some other game, that they're then aware of that. And I think, you know, like like you said there, Steve, the last one for me is avoid credit cards completely. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, credit cards sound like a, a great idea and they sound like a, a lifeline, but all they are, they're just a, they're just a temptation sat in your pocket. Yeah. I think the the only thing I'll say, just very briefly, is just kind of talk, but also be honest with yourself. Because the thing that used to trip me up is that I would convince myself that I'd be fine if I had to pay in installments. Because I've noticed now on a lot of things, when you buy something, it will say like something like Clara, just begin with a K. And it'll be like, oh, you, you can do this, but just make three payments. But you know that you won't do that because if you, you know, that's how you're in this situation in the first place. Yeah. And it seems like a great idea because you're buying something that's like a thousand pounds and you're only paying 30 quid a month, but it's very easy to fall off the wagon with that and then just get into trouble. Yeah. Learn to just be disciplined it really. And talk. That's the main thing. Like, and again, to someone you trust that, you know, you're not going to get judgment from. Mm. Um, and it's really important to have that person be someone that will tell you how it is rather than what you want to hear because that's not helpful. Agree. And and step change, right? So they've got confidential support lines. Pick the phone up to them, have a confidential, impartial conversation and talk to them about how your your current situation. They won't judge you. Um, they'll just offer offer advice. Good stuff. Thank you guys. Very much appreciated today. I suppose uh, we've, we've probably overstepped the length of this uh, episode by a little bit. So should we just crack on with some jokes before we finish today? Yeah, sounds good. Come on, James, you can start this week. Oh, all right. So I'm going to talk about good old little Johnny, right? So <laughs> little Johnny comes home from school. He opens his front door and it's 7pm and his dad's sitting in the chair and he turns to him and says, Johnny, where the hell have you been? It's 7pm and you finished school at 3.30. And Johnny goes, it's all right, dad. I was with Jessica. And he goes, what the hell were you doing? Were you studying? Johnny leans over and picks a snack up off the table and says, oh, dad. These fish cakes are lovely. The dad replies, son, you need to go and wash your hands because they're fucking donuts. Dirty. Dirty. Disgusting. Right, I've set the bar this week. Come on. (laughs) I always struggle with this section because I always forget I've got to do one. Um, And then I just fucking forget. Well, I'd rather you just told a gag, to be honest. (laughs) I'll I'll um I'll defer over to Stu um to tell his joke. I will I will accept that challenge. <laughs> so a daughter asks her mother, Mum, how do you spell scrotum? And the mum turns to her daughter and says, Honey, you should have asked me that last night. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, I've got a joke. So so it's now come out that Stephen Hawkins didn't have sex with those girls on Epstein's Island, but rather they just danced for him. They performed a laptop dance. <laughs> <laughs> right, do the impression. Yes, that's it. Dance for me. Yes, yes. Whoops, you appeared to have trod on the keyboard. Never mind. It was good. <laughs> Love it. It has been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Um, we'll be back in a week with another episode. Hope you guys have a wonderful week as well. Lovely weekend. And uh, thanks everybody for listening as always. And we will catch up with you on the next episode. Thank you all. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Well, thank you very much for listening to us today. Now, we're all very eager to hear any thoughts or suggestions that you might have. So why not connect with us via email at sedjonan at onthemend.org.uk or you can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok using the handle at sedjonan. And failing that, you can also locate On The Mend on Facebook or LinkedIn. So if you'd like to support the On The Mend charity, why not consider treating us to a coffee? And you can find the link to do so in our show notes. Thanks again 